Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on September 10th, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just This segment that. of the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Visions. A local advertising agency, Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof. From logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions, you name it and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, Your Actualized Visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At Your Actualized Visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone in another country. Your Actualized Visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes, followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your Actualized Visions, your dreams today, not someday. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you? Welcome back, dude. We've missed you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be back. It's been a long summer teaching kids how to code. (laughs) Uh, You know, yes, as you'll know, if you listen to any of my shows, anybody that was listening, Joe, did a teaching gig this summer, and I had to take the reins as host for the summer. And um, I was so fortunate to have Deanne Chase sit in as my co-host and producer for the summer. Uh, so yes. I, I think everything went fairly smoothly while you were gone, but it's good to have you back, Joe. Thank you, Jackie. I'm I'm glad to be back, and Deanne, yeah. Uh, those were some amazingly good shows. Um, I know you're going to get a lot of feedback on those. Yes, they were. Yeah, she was terrific. She was terrific. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we've been uh, – well, you were out all summer. I've been out for the last couple right. of weeks between vacation and the hol- long holiday weekend. Um, I, I right. almost forgot how to get to the studio. Did you find your way to the studio pretty easily? I, I, I was having trouble I figuring out how did. to get there. I may have <laughs> taken a wrong turn here or there. There was a fire truck, but I, I made my way to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. So, Great. okay, La- Labor Day weekend, 
over. It's the right. unofficial end of summer, right? Unofficial end of summer, right. Labor Day weekend. Although, although these days kids go back to school before Labor Day, so it's not it's not right. like you know a real definitive line in the sand. Labor Day weekend, everything is footloose and fancy free before it, and then and then after Labor Day weekend, you get you get back down to business, right? Uh, right. But that. It, I guess it's still that way, but not really. But anyway, <laughs> after Labor Day, time for us to get get back to business, get serious again. And as we all know, this November, it's less than two months away. We're going to have right. a very a very important election. All right. Right. Uh, of course, everybody's talking about the big national election, but it's mm-hmm. as you know, as far as I'm concerned, and as you always say, Joe. All politics mm. are local. It's even more important on the local level, right? Right. Don't you always Tip say O'Neill. that? Tip O'Neill. Yeah. All all yeah. politics is local. Yeah. So um, it's it's not a, a matter of whether or not you're you're a Trump fan or Trump hater. Look close to home. Look to your assembly people, right. assembly members, your your local Congress, your your state. Your regional stuff, your city councils, your your school boards, because those it's right. those local elections that will affect you the most, right? Right, right, exactly. Right. So, so we we thought we'd start the new season off with a bang. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna, we're, we're going to jump right into the political the political. Uh, I'm not going to call it a swamp. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Right. No, but Jackie, I mean, and we were talking a little bit about this. I think that, uh, you know, I've met Omar Navarro many times who who ran for this seat prior uh, to this election. And, uh, you know, Maxine Waters is a tough, tough uh, race. Uh, She's been in Congress since, what, 2013? Uh, It's been a while. No, 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 no. Well, oh, maybe no. Con- no, no, no. She, she's been there a lot longer. We're talking the '90s. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. All right. Well, um, in this seat, potentially in this seat since 2013. But the the key is, it's a very, very storied district. I mean, some of the um, some of the the territory that this district covers is uh, is quite. Uh, you know, prominent. There's lots of uh, lots of uh, history and also lots of industry and so forth. So um, I'm excited to to uh, to talk to our uh, challenger, Jackie. Who's our guest today? Okay, our guest this morning is Joe Collins, United States Navy veteran and congressional candidate for California's 43rd district. Now, Joe's 13 years of patriotic service with the United States Navy has instilled in him a strong sense of duty, commitment, and leadership. His formative years growing up in South Central Los Angeles have braced him for his new role, becoming the next U.S. representative for California's 43rd Congressional District to be the voice of change for his community. Now, from his early upbringing on 104th Street in Normandy, Joe knows this district all too well. Lack of quality education, unsafe gang activity, alarmingly high crime rate, and rampant homelessness. 
Returning one fateful Sunday afternoon from his grandfather's community church, a drive-by shooting incident left bullets riddled through the family home, through windows, and into the cushions of sofa, of the sofa, pressing Joe's mother into a steadfast decision for her children's sake, one that changed their lives forever. She immediately decided to move her family to a rural location outside of Dallas, where Joe's mother still lives today. She lives there, and she teaches there. Now, upon finishing high school, Joe made the most important decision of his life, choosing a career of service to his country by enlisting in the United States Navy. Rising eventually to the rank of chief petty officer, he obtained several military and civic certifications, becoming a licensed financial planning professional and a certified counselor for rape and sexual assault victims. Joe served his country with distinction during the successful campaign of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Now, Joe has already taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. His compelling decision to run for office and serve as a congressional representative in defending those without a voice who live, work, and do business in California's 43rd District was easy for him. He earnestly and unwaveringly advocates for fair treatment, equality, and respect for all citizens. He is a leader who will bring integrity and opportunity back to the South Los Angeles community. Now, as you said, Joe, as you said, Joe Terry, uh, Joe Collins is running against incumbent Maxine Waters, who has been in office since 1991. This morning, we'll hear his story and learn what prompted him to jump into the shark-infested political waters of Southern California. Welcome to the program, Joe. We are thrilled you could join us this morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on the show with you guys. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you, Joe uh, Collins. It's it's uh, a very very important district. Uh, of, you know, the, it's been a, a very hotly contested district. Only a few times in the in the the, the time that Maxine Waters has been there. Because she is so uh, powerful, uh, uh, she is such a, uh, a strong voice on the national uh, scene, and so the Democratic Party supports her uh, quite vigorously. Tell us why, Joe, um, you've decided to get into this race. Well, the biggest reason why I decided to get into the race is because I'm from South Central Los Angeles, like born and raised, and I've seen the economic decline. Um, and the inequality of life for the people who live in the district as well as the business owners um, who live in the district. And, you know, even, even the veterans, I'm a veteran, and, and Maxine and I have had some issues when I got out of the military uh, trying to get her to help me um, get my benefits from the, the VA whenever I did get out of the military. And so it's, it's just a whole plethora of things. You know, she's been in office since 91, uh, and then, you know, before that she was a state assemblywoman, uh, and that was in '76. So it's been it's been a long time of listening to this woman who can't even you know move away from the past. She's still talking about you know racism and Jim Crow laws as if that stuff is still prevalent today. And because she's unable to move from the past, she is you know completely uh, had a first hand in destroying our district and destroying the quality of life of the people in our district. And it makes it, it makes things even worse whenever the state or the county decides to redistrict and move her to another area, you know, and now that area becomes a decline in our economy as well. Right. Now, wow. I don't think wait, that people... Wait, I, I got I to I ask. Seven, nine, uh, 19, she's been in office since 1976. Wow. Yeah, this is like right. 44 years altogether. 
Right. Okay, right. well, in there's, some, there's some your elected... Sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, I mean, she is a the definition of a career politician. Um, this, this district, I mean, uh, just for people to understand that when we talk about things like all politics is local, people don't generally think of congressional districts as being local, but there are seven, uh, 435 congressional districts around the country, each one with a population of about 700,000 plus individuals. And so each of these districts represents a good slice of America, just a little bit less than a million people. And uh, so this is quite a, uh, quite a, a, a powerful seat. It includes uh, LAX. It includes uh, lots of, uh, of uh, Gardena, Hawthorne, Torrance, Lomita, uh, Inglewood, uh, Westmont. It's, it's a very powerful uh, district. Tell us a little bit about the district, Joe, and then tell us what your, how your platform would be different and what people can expect from a Joe Collins uh, uh, tenancy in the 43rd district. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, and like you said, we do, we have a really, a really good mixture, a really diverse group um, uh, of communities that make up the 43rd district. Uh, we have a lot of affluent areas, but we also have a lot of very underserved and represented areas. And, you know, just one of the biggest things about uh, Joe Collins being in office in the 43rd district, one of the biggest differences is I'll actually be there, you know, Maxine Waters, she shows up whenever, you know, things are bad, and instead of, you know, using her position to affect change, she uses her position to, I, I don't know, act like she's a victim, you know, for, for lack of better words. But um, it, with Joe Collins in office, we can see quality jobs coming back to our communities. You can see an improved education system. You would be able to see a – um, you know, improve uh, rebuilding of infrastructure for the 43rd district. You, you'll be able to see the expansion of small businesses and, and housing that's actually affordable. But you'll also see someone who's not afraid to go um, against the government in California to remove all of these taxes that we face, remove all of these laws that's going to start harming our children when it comes to sexual education in elementary school, which is it blows my mind. You'll see us, you know, running – uh, organizations who have exploited black communities and Latino communities like Black Lives Matter out of, you know, our, our district, you'll see a more peaceful, more prosperous 43rd district. And I think that's what we deserve. We definitely deserve better than Maxine Waters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, when you you think about, you know, congressional districts, people don't normally think about, you know, the, the kinds of uh, actions that have taken place like what are some of the things that you think uh uh maxine has done that could be do, done differently in the district that that's a, i'm gonna be honest with you man that's a really hard question um because maxine mm-hmm. Waters hasn't done anything you know she hasn't she hasn't done nothing mm-hmm. even you know when we talk to people and especially the older black uh generation they say maxine waters has done a lot she got that school over there and I don't even think they know that school isn't open anymore, you know. And, and but that's what they mm-hmm. that's what they heavily rely on. Well, she had a school and she got people certified. There's a lot of people who got certified from that school whose certification doesn't work. 
you can go get certified all day, but if we have no jobs, you can't work. You know, so I, that's that's like the hardest question I've been asked since I've been, you know, mm-hmm. running this campaign. You know, but Joe, mm-hmm. Maxine Waters is a nut job. Joe Collins, mm-hmm. I have to ask you. Um, do you find that people in your district are, you know, just in general, are going about our day-to-day lives, we don't really concern ourselves. The, the average person does not concern themselves with politics. They'll catch a snippet of something on the evening news, and then when the big elections, the big national elections roll around, you know, they, they might it might pique their interest. Uh, local elections, as we know, don't don't get that much of a turnout. You know, when it's not attached to a national election. Do you find people in your district this time around, or even go back to 2016? Do, do you find that people in your district have more interest? People are paying more attention. I think, yeah, especially with the climate, because you know I'm in a D plus. 54 district and everything, and so everyone watches everything that happens when it comes to politics. Predominantly Donald Trump, though. Um, everybody, we see Maxine Wires get on TV and make a complete fool of herself, you know, on a regular basis. But, but with Donald Trump and, and, you know, just the controversy between uh, him and, and Joe Biden, you know, running for office and the different messaging from Joe Biden, flip-flopping from Joe Biden, and then, you know, the, the President Trump and how his message is brash, Everyone pays attention to you know what, what's going on, and so I think that we're going to have a it's going to be a it's going to be a fight in November, not between President Trump and and Joe Biden, but in a race between Maxine and I. We know President Trump is going to win, you know, hands down. Joe Biden couldn't complete a sentence without a teleprompter. So yeah, people people are really <laughs> up. They they're really up on what's going on. That's good <laughs> to hear. That is that, that's good to hear. I think I think it's the same all over. I think. There, there's an awful lot of interest in this election. I, I, I dare to say even more so than 2016. But let let me ask right. you this real quick. So, do you think your district is any better off since President Trump came into office? Because that's been one of the big talking points on his end about what he's done, particularly for minority communities. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think I don't think so, uh, and uh, and the reason why is not because of the job or lack thereof that the president has done. In our district, it's the fact that we have so many Democrats that people do not know what the president has done. They don't know about the opportunity zones and how they're supposed to be using that to, you know, um, improve the economic conditions in our cities. They don't know about criminal justice reform. They don't know about you know, the you know, school choice, any of these things. And because we have so many Democrats, they all work together. It's like a monkey see, monkey do type of uh, scenario. You know how when you watch a trail event and the trail events just happen to seem to follow each other, even if they're walking directly into the fire. That's what we have here in, in uh, the 43rd District of Los Angeles County in itself. And so they hate they hate our president so much that they would not allow our communities to thrive based on the policies that he's created because they don't want to give him any credit. So although the president is doing a great job around the the United States, our district is not feeling it. Lewis Black unemployment, I mean, it sounds great, but in, in Los Angeles here, we're sitting 25% below the poverty line. School choice, 
and, and getting more money into the education system is great, but we're faring almost last in education in the 43rd district. I mean, we have a huge homeless problem that we have to be able to solve, and it seems like the politicians that we have here in Los Angeles, which are predominantly Democrat, all Democrat, has failed to do anything about the situation because I think they're going to pander and keep telling us to wait and wait and wait so they can keep getting reelected. But I think right now the people are really fed up. And you got the, the silent majority is going to be key when it comes to winning every single election uh, for the conservative side in, in November. Uh, now, uh, now, before we before we uh, go forward, Joe Collins, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. The 43rd district is not a stronghold of the GOP, as you've indicated. So why did you decide to run as a Republican in this district, given the predominant Democratic electorate in the 43rd district? (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't. Well, I do have a choice, but I didn't want to, you know, run as a Democrat knowing that I moved from the Democratic Party back in in 2004 uh, whenever I joined yeah. the military. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest reasons is, you know, although the 43rd District is not a stronghold, one, this is my home. This is where I was born and raised, South Central Los Angeles. My office is a couple of blocks over from where I grew up. And, two, I, I'm I'm not a coward. You know, I don't have a problem mm-hmm with running a strong campaign and showing people the type of leadership that they deserve and, and show them what they've been missing out for a very long time. And, you know, my right. grandfather, he used to have one of the largest uh, black churches before mega churches was a thing. And a lot of people who live in a district, a lot of pastors uh, who live in a district, they actually came up under my grandfather. And so I think that we are at a point where for these, for the people who live in our district, political party preference should not even be a factor when it comes to um, getting what we need, getting what we deserve, and improving the quality of life in, in our community. We should start voting on who is going to best fit our interests. And if Maxine Wires has been in office, you know, 28 years in Congress, and nothing has happened, and you do not like your quality of life, then, you know, it is absolutely time for something different. It doesn't matter what political party preference that person fell under, and that's how I feel about it. Right. Do you have do you have any significant I mean in the primaries for the uh Republican Party do you have any significant um uh opposition because we know for a fact that the California um uh Republican Party is strongly behind your candidacy uh when it when it comes to opposition no we had this one guy who tried to run uh plenty of times and he lost every single time, and then he lost to me um, as well. So I've never had any real significant opposition. I think the biggest opposition that I had was finding the right people to plug into the campaign to allow us to be as successful as we are. And um, I've been able to do that after the primary. So right now we're we're running a really good operation. We have, you know, three offices. We've raised well over $4 million. We have a lot of great things that we're putting together that we're also doing in the community um, as we speak, I think one thing that I wish I could do more of is if I had like ten of me, and I could take two mm. of me and put them in every single city to get voter outreach and get to meet every single person in our district. That that would help out a lot. 
But the California Republican Party, you know, they, they've endorsed me. The LAGOP has invested a lot of time uh, in our campaign, getting volunteers out to help us, you know, reach out, reach out to voters and everything. So it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a few districts where um, obviously the, the state party uh, knows that they have a very strong candidacy and is likely to either be reelected or perhaps even uh, switch a district from Democrat to Republican. This district is a tough one. And so the California GOP had to choose well, and they've chosen you to represent them here. What, are there any debates scheduled? Is there anything um, that uh, voters can look to towards uh, your challenging uh, Maxine Waters? You know what? I don't think Maxine Waters is going to accept debate from us. And the reason why I think that is because um, she she's scared. If she had to debate her record versus what we have me seeing in our community, she would absolutely lose. But on on another on another note, she's been in office for so long, she feels like she doesn't have to debate. But we sent certified mail to every single one of her offices um, maybe about a week ago. She received the mail on the fifth, and she hasn't even responded. And right now it's the tenth. We called her out via social media. Now we're about to start changing up our message on the radio to call her out um, and let everybody hear that Maxine Waters is scared to debate Joe Collins. She's running. Um, but, you know, she's not scared to come out to a Black Lives Matter rally and make a complete fool of herself. So I, if she mm-hmm. accepts the debate, we'll, we we will be more than happy to drag her through the mud like she's dragged our community. But if not, we're still going to do that anyway. The gloves are mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. The gloves are the gloves off. Are off. <laughs> I, I enjoy, I enjoy a, a good a good, uh, a good a good fight. Now, um, you know, Joe, Joe Terry – I yeah. I believe that debate should be built into the electrical electoral process. I I I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I get it. She's sitting pretty there for all these years, but to not show up for debate to me is unacceptable. That's hubris. It's hubris. It um it, 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 just like room? campaign yes. finance reform, debates should be built in. Yes. yes. I agree. I agree because you know, to sit back and say, I've been in office long enough, you know my record. Well, then, you know, get up and defend it. Um, there absolutely mm-hmm. should be debates, and, and, and Joe Collins, you should really, really press for that. That's just unacceptable. That's unacceptable. If you're a representative of the yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're pushing for right now is a debate. And um, she's never debated anyone, but she's never had a real competitor. But I think right now people are wanting to see a debate. I mean, I think, you know what, what I have to do is I have to post the, uh, you know, the return receipts from all the mail that we sent to every single one of her offices, letting everyone know that she has gotten our letter and requested debate, and she just refuses to respond, you know. But mm-hmm. people think of Maxine mm-hmm. Waters anyway. She, I mean, she doesn't even campaign on a, on a platform. She says, we'll fight for you, watch out for Joe Collins, he's a Trump puppet. And I'm just like, that is the worst campaign slogan I've ever heard. In my life, because one, she, if you add up her total years in office, it's 44 years. So with her slogan, we will fight for you, and my thing is like, well, how have you been fighting for 44 years and you haven't won yet? You think you think it's been past time to wrap it up? And another thing is watch yeah. out for Joe Collins because he's a Trump puppet, beware. And I'm like, well, I'm from South Central Los Angeles. I've never met, you know, President Trump, and 
the money that we've gotten from our campaign comes from people who live in the United States vices. You know, her, she's from St. Louis, Missouri. She's not even from Los Angeles. And the majority of the money that she has gotten has come from super PACs from banks and insurance companies. And you wonder why we can't get insurance reform around here, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, 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 I know a little bit about Omar Navarro, who, who ran against her a few times. But um, you're, you're a homegrown hero. You're homegrown. You're a homegrown hero, uh, and you yeah, you right. you have you are known in the community. Your family's known in the community, uh, so I gotta believe that gives you an edge up on him. Well, he he's not in the race anymore, so I mean we we right. don't even no, talk no, about him. Yeah, oh. <laughs> but he ran he ran no, 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 he no. ran last time. Twenty eighteen. Right, he ran. Yeah, he won't be able to run in any more races though. He's a he's a felon, and yeah. according to AB twenty four ten, felons can't run for seats in office. So if he is running, he's only running to collect money because he would never make it to anybody else's ballot. Right, right, true, true. Uh, Joe, right. we need to take a station break. Take a station break, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the South Bay Show, and uh, I am truly <laughs> glad to be back. <laughs> from uh, what uh, really turned out to be a nine-week stint, um, over two months of uh, teaching kids how to code. I'm still teaching with uh, CodeWizardsHQ.com. So um, if you're thinking about having your child from the ages of 8 to 18 uh, learn how to uh, um, code uh, and uh, create computer programs, please uh, give them a jingle. But of course, you know we love to provide, we love to provide the best in hyper local news and uh, interest here in the South Bay. Um, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and every Friday morning at 8 a.m., the South Bay Show brings you the best of the best of what's going on in Southern California, focused from um, you know El Segundo to Palos Verdes, and then. Um, to to east to uh, Torrance, and uh, we just cover the entire South Bay and, of course, um, the 43rd District, and uh, we'd love for you to join us every uh, week. We are available at every smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play the South Bay Show, or, uh, hey, Google, play the South Bay Show, or, um, you know, um, Siri. We're, we're available everywhere that the uh, the best podcasts are available. Jackie, this is this is going to be an interesting uh, election, I believe, because it's it's going to be uh, based on you know obviously driven by the national agenda. But if if Joe can get a debate going, or if he can get some kind of a push for a debate in the local uh, media, I think Maxine might be might be pressed. To put that on because we need some relief from the national news. <laughs> yeah, how many of us at one time or another, more often than not, just have to turn off the TV, turn off the TV, right. turn off the radio, turn off the, right. uh, because it, it 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 becomes overwhelming. Um, but I want to get back, I want to get back to the to the onset of this campaign, Joe Collins. Now, can you explain? the process 
of how you decided to run? Like, did you did you have a political mentor? How does your family feel about this? Get let's get the backstory. I'd I'd love to hear the backstory, the beginning of how you got to where you are now. Well, um, it's 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 pretty interesting. Um, the reason why is because I got involved in politics whenever I was in the military. And at the beginning of 2017, I actually became a Republican presidential candidate um, because I wanted to get out of the military and get directly involved in politics. And my thing is people who served in the military can't get involved in partisan political activities, and so I didn't know much about um, politics. So I became a presidential candidate, and, uh, you know, I was able to get out of the military at the end of 2017 uh, I took an administrative separation, a general honorable conditions because I wanted to get involved in politics. So the military, you know, kind of helped me out to continue to pursue my, my, my goals after 13 and a half years of service, doing a boost on the ground tour in Iraq, running number one recruits, running the safety NAVOS program um, at my last command. And, you know, when I started to learn and when I started to raise money as a presidential candidate, that's when, you know, I was reached out to by the administration, and it was like, oh, you, you're learning a lot, you're doing really well. And I've flown back and forth to Washington, D.C. quite a bit. And um, they said, probably choose running for another seat. You know, we can use you, you're young, you'll be great in a Republican Party. So, you know, try get joining the administration or running for a different seat or running for a super PAC. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm from South Central Los Angeles, and I got out the military to run for something. And I'm like, you know what, well, who has the most influence in a district that, you know, we can change in order to improve the quality of life in our district, and we can start there. And so it was Maxine Waters. I remember her not helping me whenever I needed to get um, my, my benefits pushed through. When I got out of the military, I was homeless for uh, almost three months sleeping at the lighthouse because you can't get a job until you get a VA disability rating. And so it was just, it was a complete mess, and I have a, a personal vendetta with Maxine Waters just on, on so many levels. But outside of myself, when I look at the condition of our districts, I mean, we don't have quality jobs, um, manufacturing, and, and, and a lot of jobs are moving out aside from the aerospace industry. I mean, just the amount of homelessness uh, that we have living on our streets. I mean, and, and she's not doing anything. And even with the small businesses that have been shut down during COVID-19, they haven't given any relief to our small businesses yet. She rushed back to Washington, D.C. to try and pass the $25 billion bill for a post office who have $10 billion surplus already. And it's just a lot of things that she does doesn't make sense, even when it comes to supporting violent protests, like, you know, when it comes to Black Lives Matter. And it's like you're the person who makes laws. Instead of making laws to, to solve the problems that we have, you are acting like you are one of the biggest victims in the entire world. And so it's, just, it's time for Maxine Waters to go. She, she's 82 years old. She's out of touch with the community. She has done very well. She has a lot of money. She has, you know, huge houses all, all outside of the district. Meanwhile, you know, the people who live here are struggling to get in close enough to wave at each other. Wow. And how did your how – how did, how did your family – feel about this did it i mean it sounds to me like you got the political bug and jumped in with both feet did you did you stop to talk to your mom and family members about you know <laughs> what you were going to do uh you know what no i didn't i i just did it 
And the crazy part about it was they was like, well, we figured you'd do something like that. I joined the military, and, I, and my mom found out that I joined the military when they came to pick me up for boot camp. Like, she was she was pretty PO'd about it, too. And when I became a Republican, she was like, really, son? So now they just expect me to do the exact opposite of what, you know, the the natural order of, you know, black people in in, in, a, in an inner city do. So they, they're cool. Uh, you, 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 Joe, what was that? What was that TV show, Family Ties? He sounds like the kid that uh, uh, what's his name played. Oh, what what was his name? You, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Family Ties. Family Ties. I oh, can't boy. think of his name. I can't think of his name either. Mm. Oh my goodness! But he played the. He had the. He had the very. He came from the very liberal family, and uh, and and became a staunch conservative. Yeah. Oh, well, one of us will have to remember his name before the show is over. That's interesting. Yeah. So, well, you obviously the Navy obviously did well by you. So your mother can't mm-hmm. be upset about that. You you came home in one piece, and served yeah. your country with honor. Um, so yeah. is is the is the family a little bit behind you now? No, they they support me. They try to figure out every single way to to you know have a reason to be. Uh, Republican now, and so you know everything from even you know I have a lot of family members that were in gangs, and they was like, well, Republicans were red, so yeah, we should have been Republican the whole time. It's just like I'm like, well, that's a dumb reason, but I mean, if that <laughs> that's what you that what, what, what makes you comfortable with, then go for it, yeah. But um, you know, they they support me. I don't try to talk politics with them because a lot of people in my family think they know a lot about politics, and it's just like you've never been involved politically anything, not even on the school board, so. Yeah, I try to stay away from talking politics. Right. Well, good luck. Good luck Jackie, with that, Joe. Good luck with that. Are you, <laughs> thank you. Are you talking about uh, Michael J. Fox? Michael J. Fox. Yes. <laughs> what was the character's name? Alex. Al- Alex, Alex P. Keaton. Alex. Alex Keaton. Alex. Yes. Yes. Alex. Yes, Joe. Yep. Joe is the black Alex P. Keaton. I love it. <laughs> and it. An intelligent uh, and ambitious young Republican. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot go. of people Absolutely. who live in our community who have conservative values, though. They just identify as Democrats, you know, Democrats with conservative right, values. Right. I don't know what you call it, maybe moderate or something like that. But, you know, even growing up as a Democrat, I asked myself, why are you a Democrat? I'm like, I don't know, because they told me to be. You know, and I was like, I don't think I want to do that. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we're faced with. We have um, so many different issues that should be addressed in our communities that are not addressed regularly. I mean, it didn't take, you know, Black Lives Matter and 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 the the these uh, horrific uh, examples of uh, police misconduct to really highlight the fact that uh, our communities are suffering uh, greatly uh, around the country, but. Since it has been highlighted, B, to those people that say something has to be done, Joe, uh, about, um, you know, police brutality and and the the relationship between uh, communities of color and law enforcement. What's your answer to that scenario? I think one of the, the biggest things that we have to start doing is, one, we have to start attacking the laws that have been put in place you know, back in the early Joe Biden years, in the, in the 60s, the 40s, the, the 70s, because a lot of laws that are, you know, used, unfortunately, to target, 
people in inner cities are the laws that these people have put in. And we have representatives who have been sitting in these seats for a very long time who have felt to do anything um, aside from, you know, use the issues that we have in our community as a platform to continue to get reelected without having to have a uh, solution. So we have to start removing these lifetime politicians and the politicians who have done nothing for us. Those are those are our biggest things. It's going to be up on the voters to help create the change that we want to see in our communities and let's elect people with a plan to improve our communities, improve our quality of life, and, and, and be the representative that we deserve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Are there any structural uh, changes that you would make? I mean, what do you what do you what do you hear when uh, people say defund the police? What do you hear when people say defund the police? That that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And when I say that to somebody, and it's like, well, defund the police doesn't mean you know taking the money away. It just means taking the money and putting it into social programs and things of this nature that nobody ever uses. And I'm like, well, why don't you just call it that instead of saying defund the police? Because I, I've met a lot of people in our community. We advocate on behalf of our community, and nobody who lives in our community is saying defund anything. What they're saying is we need police reform. We need, you know, some type of social training to, you know, influence community policing. That's that's what I'm hearing. The people who are yelling defund the police are people who do not have um, you know, police issues in, in their communities. They're coming from out the states. They're coming from, you know, different areas of the country to try and influence their narrative and our community. And it's like the, the, the total opposite of what we've asked for. That's like, it's like a time, if I may, it's like a time when, you know, you saw the whole black community saying, well, we need police reform, we need police reform. And then the whole entire Democratic Congressional Party says, you know what, we know exactly what you need. We're going to put on daishikis and we're going to put on African hats and we're going to kneel on the floor of Congress. And it, well, we were like, that's not going to help, and we didn't even ask that. Like, what are you guys doing, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, when, when, it, when it comes to, to that type of stuff, is we need people who are going to take action and create, uh, solutions for our issues. Well, since we're on the subject, since we're on the subject, um, the term systematic racism uh, is being used an awful lot. And, mm. you know, I, I get, look at, I get it. I, I get it. But when you take into account throughout this country, we have police chiefs, fire chiefs, council members, assembly members, congress members, senators of all, of all minorities and and lots of women in there too, right? We have we we voted in minority members to these positions all over the country. And keep in mind, a white majority citizen citizenry voted for a black president twice. Would you consider that systematic racism? Don't get me I'm not I'm not a Pollyanna. I know about redlining. I know about Levittown. <laughs> I I know I know I I know I know that that on the books for a long time there were there were there were laws that discriminated. I know that. But we're getting better. Most of that yeah. stuff is, is illegal now. 
And mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's what's the the line of uh, an Im- trying to better an imperfect na- uh, nation? We we are imperfect. We're not saying we're perfect. So so tell <laughs> me how you feel about everyone throwing around this systematic racism term. I think that, and this is just from from my my opinion, when it comes to systematic racism, systematic racism is not um, a thing about who gets voted into office. The systematic racism or systemic racism that a lot of people try to talk about or try to make mention or, or rationalize is something along the lines of what we talked about earlier, how the laws were implemented early in the days to stop uh, minorities from being able to get ahead. You know, like you said, when it comes to the redlining, when it comes to, you know, um, different different housing laws, the Homestead Act, all of these laws have been put in place to try and stop minorities from getting ahead, even when it comes to the Civil Rights Bill, you know. And so these are, in my opinion, things that, you know, relate to me when it comes to systematic racism or systemic racism. It's not what we're going through right now because, like you said, we are getting better and things are changing, but we have so many politicians like Maxine Waters who have been in office for so long, these are the things they hold on to. They don't they don't have a grasp on a solid future or what they think a future might look like. They don't even have any type of idea because they're so focused on things that have happened in the past, and I think they're guilty about that because when they had an opportunity to fix those things or change those things, they dropped the ball. You know what they're, they're saying, you really screwed the pooch on this one. And and that's what we're seeing right now. But the thing that, that's crazy to me is people still elect these same people into office year after year. And they say, well, politicians come in and sweet talk and tell us everything they want to hear and don't do anything. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Because you've had the same politician for 40 years. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, it is going to be a great race. Uh, this is going to be – um what are are you planning any uh sort of uh public events or or rallies or or anything else to get like more uh aggressive media attention on your candidacy? Uh no. We have events all the time. When it comes to rallies, I'm not doing rallies. I think I'm rallied out. Um I went to uh I went to Minneapolis with my team shortly after George Floyd died to um, stand with the families against police brutality and police violence, but also rail on on terrible politicians who failed to affect change in cities. And, you know, along with the reopen California rallies and, you know, shutting down Black Lives Matter rallies out here in Los Angeles, I think I'm rallied out. One of my biggest focuses is I want to be able to continue to get involved in the community and, and, and meet people where they are on the level that they are. We've been very instrumental in doing that. I mean, we're still knocking doors. We're still, you know, phone banking. We're still having, you know, community food drives and back-to-school drives and things of that nature. But when it comes to, like, media attention, we get a lot of national media attention on our race and locally everything that they wouldn't allow us to be on. You know, we've bought it. We've bought the radios. We've bought the the TV advertising space, social media, digital advertising. We're we're pretty much everywhere. So, um, I mean, you know, I just did an interview on Fox News. They were here all day, all week through the National Convention, Republican National Convention. I was on Fox panels during the DNC uh, convention. 
mm-hmm. and we're actually about to have a press conference to support the sheriff's department when it comes to removing outside infiltrators um, attempting to, to, to destroy our cities and, and the fabric of life that we, we've been getting that we're steadily trying to improve. So the media attention is great. We, you know, we're just about getting out and touching everyone who lives in our district. Mm-hmm. Joe Terry, mm-hmm. you're forgetting. Mm-hmm. You're, Joe Terry, with regard to rallies, you're forgetting. We're living in COVID time. You're not allowed to, you know, get more than 10, 10 people in, you know, one no, spot no, at no. a time or something. It, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. The Democrats already said COVID nineteen does not affect you if you're peacefully protesting and rioting. They they said that. So <laughs> if you want to protest, like you know, by all means, go. It's when you're living a normal life that COVID nineteen attacks you. Like if you go to work or if you want to go to church, you know, you have a high risk of being attacked by COVID nineteen if you're trying to live a normal life. But if you want to go out and cause anarchy, trust me, COVID nineteen is not going to touch you. <laughs> That's the worst in the Democratic right. Party, and you have to believe it because the media pushes it, right? <laughs> Right. Oh wow! Well, no, I, right I, on. I, and I only bring that up because, of course, uh, uh, the the head of the ticket uh, on the Republican side has had several relatively large rallies and and continues to have rallies. Not not necessarily uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, attendees, but uh, as he believes, I believe that the president believes that the the the, the electorate wants someone who's going and and sort of asking for your vote to get out and talk about what their plans will be for uh the future and uh so he he believes in in that i think uh, I, and i think it's an event i mean what are you going to cover if you're if you're if you're a news organization you know you know that old line if it bleeds it leads or if there's a rally so instead yeah. of covering <laughs> riots i think we need something else to cover yeah, true. The riots, it, it, it gets overwhelming listening to that stuff all day. Yeah. 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 It's time for something else. It is. It is. Well, listen, Definitely. Joe yeah. Joe Collins. Joe Collins, give us um <laughs> give us your website address. Give us give us inform- how can people learn more about you? How can they get in touch with you? Uh give us give us some contact info. Great. My website is JoeCollinsForCongress.com. Yes, it's all spelled out. My uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram, is Collins for Congress 43, and you can find me on Twitter at JoeCollins43. And please shoot me an email, public at JoeCollinsForCongress.org, and we, we'll respond to you, follow us. We have great content. We'll make you laugh, and we'll make you upset at the same time, you know. So, uh, yeah, those are, <laughs> those are my websites and social media platforms. I like it. Well, it was it was it was it, it couldn't have been easier to reach you. Um, and right. and I invited you on the show, and boom, here you are. It was easy. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. You're making yeah, no, I you're making uh, uh, you're making a great run, Joe. We want to see more uh, substantive. Uh, I know we don't we don't we don't have a lot of hopes for a debate. But we would like to see more substantive uh, 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 talk about the issues in the 43rd district and what can be uh, made better. And uh, I hope you can get that done. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Joe Collins, uh, the uh, Grand Old Party Republican uh, 
candidate for Congress in the 43rd District. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being on here with you. And and just real wonderful. quickly, 40, 43rd District, for, um, just Joe, can you just quickly run through the cities again? So any of our listeners listening, yeah. if they live in those districts, they just, just uh, outline the, the cities for us, please. Yep, we have Inglewood, we have the Westchester, Playa del Rey area, and the airport area. We have the South Central Los Angeles, which consists of the Westmont, West Athens. We have uh, Lenox, we have Hawthorne, we have Del Air, we have um, Gardena, we have Torrance, Harbor City, and we have the West Carson area. All right. right. Is the new stadium in your district? You know what? It is. It is. Yep, we have that's, we have a little exciting. piece of it. Mm-hmm. That's right. exciting. That's very right. exciting. So it's 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 like half the South Bay, you know. Um, right. You know the, the beach cities. I know where the thirty third district. Uh, that's that's uh, Ted Lieu. Right. Um, but um, right. it, 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 the strip right next to it is the forty third, and um, yeah. and Joe Collins will be on the ballot. This November, that's, yes. that's exciting stuff. Absolutely. I, I kudos, kudos to you, Joe. Not something I would ever aspire to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I trust you. I understand why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I agree. Well, uh, I agree. It's it's been amazing. Um, um, I, I I can hear the passion in your voice, and and uh, you've got you've got several. Good ideas, Joe. We want to hear more from you. Um, uh, make your voice heard. We all Thank should make you. our yes, vo- voice heard. We need, we need to make. We all need yeah. to make our voice heard on on in November. November third is it? Is it November third the election? November third. Yeah. Less than no, November third. Less, yeah. less than two months away. All right, Joe. Let's wrap it up. And, oh. Well, uh, also just uh, just a note: we're going to have a uh, an encore presentation tomorrow um, because it's nine eleven, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's the fifteenth anniversary of nine eleven. Uh, Joe, what were you doing uh, fifteen years ago when nine eleven hit? Fifteen years ago when nine eleven hit, I was in high school, and I remember sitting at the breakfast table and uh, we were hearing all the chaos going on. Then a couple of years after that, I joined the military. Right. Right. Wow. Man, what, what, 15 years, Jackie, 15 years. Let me tell you something. My entire family was working downtown on that day. You have no idea. Mm. What, I mean, it would just, I couldn't get, a, I couldn't get through to them on the phone it was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, it took a couple of days to find out that, that my immediate family members were okay, but we lost way too many people we knew that day. That was an awful day. And right. uh, not, not, right. I'll never forget it, that's for sure. Anyway, right. uh, we don't want to end it on a sad note. Come up with something funny, no. Joe, Joe, Joe Terra. Okay. <laughs> well, what, what, what I can say is that uh, we may be able to turn – uh, uh, the California's 43rd district, which would be national news, Joe Collins. If you could turn the uh, the California 43rd district red, uh, it would be national news. Uh, it, it, it's something that the people of the California 43rd 
really want to see. They want to see representation that is accomplishing things uh, and doing things for them. Um, I, I wish you a lot of luck, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. All right. That's our that's our our wish uh, is is effective leadership, Jackie. Effective leadership. Hey, oh, always, always, and always, always. I will just I will just I will just make a little note, Joe. You are in the thirty third district. I am in the forty third district. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> are you really? Oh, I might have something to say about all this. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just Thank saying. you, ladies all and gentlemen, right. for joining us. Have a great weekend, everyone, and uh, never forget uh, 9-11. Uh, uh, find a, 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 a memorial uh, to drive by, or, or there's going to be a lot of things on, on, uh, in the media and the television, I'm sure, uh, things to watch. So have a, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jackie, of course. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Joe. Alrighty, bye-bye.